0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. We're going to begin a series on praise and gratitude. And I want you to be thinking with me in the sermon today. I want you to take some notes. We provided a few for for you, and we hope that you will write along with us and take some of these notes. It'll be a blessing to you. And uh, we're speaking today on how to be thankful in difficult days. And I pray that the message will be a blessing to your heart. Now, we're going to be looking at perhaps an unfamiliar text this morning. And so I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and try to find the book of Nahum. Because right after the book of Nahum, you're going to find the book of Habakkuk. And that's really where we're going to be today. The book of Habakkuk, it's right before the book of Zephaniah, right after the book of Nahum. All right, you got that? You might say, well, I don't know where any of those verses are. Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. So you move backwards to Zephaniah, you'll find Habakkuk, where we're going to be, and you'll find the book of Nahum. We're not in Nahum, we're not in Zephaniah. Habakkuk, it's where we're going to be. I didn't say tobacco, I said Habakkuk. (laughs) All right. Now, the scripture this morning, I want you to really think with me because it is an unfamiliar text. And we don't go here often. But there's a tremendous message in the word. And I want you to see it because we're going to, Go pretty much expositorily through uh, some of these chapters. And there's some spiritual truths that you really have to look deep and hard at in order to get the application. But this morning, I'm going to be speaking on how to be thankful in difficult days. And so I'm going to ask you to look with me in Habakkuk chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. And the Bible says this the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence and thou wilt not save. Now, I want you to get the idea here Habakkuk has got a grievance with God. He's distraught. He's not happy. And so, as the scripture says, let our petitions be made known unto God. That's exactly what this prophet is doing. In verse 3, why? And the prophet is asking God these stern questions. Why? Why? Dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me. And there are that raise up strife and contention. Now Habakkuk gets very stern with God. And he says, therefore, the law is slacked. And judgment, he is saying, your judgment, God... Your judgment on all of this nonsense doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore, wrong judgment proceedeth. When I read this text, it kind of reminds me of what David said in Psalms chapter two, when he asked God, why do the heathen rage? And imagine a vain thing. Well again, today we're talking about how to be thankful in dark days. We're living in a day when everything that is not nailed down is coming loose at light speed. I believe these are extremely dark and uncertain days that we're living in. In fact, I could expound upon this just for a little bit this morning. They are troubling. And for the most part, these are extremely anxious days as well. Everywhere we turn, we can see how the world is responding to this in certain levels of insanity. But I'm glad for at least a couple of more years, there's some common sense coming to the commonwealth. Amen. Today we're living in dark and perilous days, levels of insanity. I think the world is living in panic. I think it's living in some aspects of fear. No no doubt the world is living in doubt and paranoia and They're living haphazardly, and as the scripture would teach us, that in the last days, perilous times would come, but in these perilous days, how is it that we as believers, how is it that we should respond to this kind of thing? Because I'm confident that in all of the mess that's going on in the world today, that there are multitudes of Christians who are also at their wit's end. This world isn't just falling apart by lost people, but born-again children are God. They're disturbed as well. I'm convinced that there are people, born-again believers on this planet, who are asking the question, God, where are you? Maybe they're asking Has God disappeared in these last days? Has he lost control? Has he quit caring? The prophet Habakkuk faced the same dark fears and asked the same questions in his day. Now listen carefully. On top of that, he was surrounded by countless people asking him the same thing. Where is God? In these dark, difficult days, where is God? And let me say this this morning. If you're going to be honest with yourself, we have all asked God at some point or another in our life, God, where are you? And no matter how many times we've asked that question and no matter how many lessons that we have learned from each experience, and here's the thing, when you go through a heartache in life, and, and God shows up and does something extraordinarily or supernaturally. And you can come out on the other side and you can say, thank you, Jesus. Here's the thing. Whatever God taught you in that lesson, don't forget it. Because there will be a time in your life maybe that you've got to go back and Recount those steps, recount those blessings and relive those circumstances and be reminded by the Holy Spirit how God brought you through. And so no matter how many lessons we have learned from those experiences, as a believer, listen now, there are still going to be things that come into our life and rock our world and shake our faith. The prophet Habakkuk was going through similar things, and in the panic mode that he was in, our Father God gave him the answer to his question. Where are you, God? Have you disappeared, God? Have you lost control, God? Why do you allow this, God? God gives him the answer, and I think the answer that God gave him is part of the Bible chemistry that helps us to be thankful in dark and difficult days. In fact, look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, we find the answer. And the Lord answered me. When the prophet got so down, now God gives him the assurance. God gives him the answer. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Habakkuk, I want you to write a book. And you have the book before you this morning. God said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Sometimes we get so impatient with God. Be still and know that he is God. Wait for it because, look at this, it will surely come. Habakkuk, the answer, the reason will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. But look at this carefully. But the just shall live by faith. This is part of the chemistry that helps us to be thankful in dark days. Verse 4 is a statement, by the way, that is mentioned three times in the New Testament. Not only here in the Old Testament, but three times in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, the word says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. I will say this is Eve Burnham's favorite Bible verse. She shared it with me many times. Verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter three, verse number 11, the word says, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident the just shall live by faith. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 38, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So in these kind of times that we live in today, We're going to have to be reminded as a believer in the dark, uncertain times that we live in, we have to be reminded over and over and over again. D.L. Moody said that repetition is the best teacher of all. The songwriter said, sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. We have to be reminded over and over and over again in these perilous times that the just, you and I who have been at the cross, who has received Christ as our Savior, the just, shall live by faith. I'd like for you to learn three simple truths about faith this morning that deals directly with uncertain times and how we should respond to the goodness of God. Number one, get this truth. Faith does not live by explanations. And the prophet was asking God, God, where are you? But let me assure you that faith does not live by explanations, but by the promises of God. Every one of us as a believer need to learn this. Habakkuk 1, let me reread verse 1 and 2 for you again. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, O Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou will not hear. Well, he got a little sidetracked a little bit because the prophet Jeremiah said this. In Jeremiah 33, three, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So God has already promised. If you call, he said, I will answer. Habakkuk now is so distressed and distraught. He said, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou will not save. Habakkuk was going through some serious, horrendous times. Now, the question that he was asking was not because he wasn't praying. He definitely was praying. And certainly this cry, this prayer was the prayer or the cry of desperation. He's basically asking God this question. God, how many more prayers am I going to have to pray before you answer me? Maybe you could remember a time when you prayed and prayed and prayed only to find yourself in the silence of heaven. But the silence of heaven was not Habakkuk's only problem. Because in chapter 1, verse 3 through 4, the Bible says this, Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore, the law is slacked and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore, wrong judgment proceedeth. So Habakkuk, get this now, he was not only dealing with the silence of heaven. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a weird place. I mean, that's a lonely place when you feel like heaven is silent. But he was not only dealing with the silence of heaven, but he was also dealing with the fact that the earth was engulfed in wickedness. He was saying this, God, there's no justice to this. This earth is swallowed up with evil, with wickedness, and you're not doing anything about it. God, I'm faithful preaching your word. You won't even answer me. And all around me, God, this world is nothing but evil and wicked. But his problem got even worse. In verses 5 and 6 of chapter 1, the Bible says, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard a wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, this is very important, underline those words, I'll come back to it in just a minute, that you will not believe though it be told you. Look at this, this is what God says. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation. Now God has given the prophet some prophecy here. God says, I'm going to send the Chaldeans to you look at this, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. So if the dwelling places do not belong to the Chaldeans, the dwelling places that the Chaldeans are going to besiege is Habakkuk's land. The Chaldeans were Babylonians, and so Habakkuk was getting the silent treatment of heaven He was surrounded by the earth's wickedness and his enemies were coming forth to attack him and his people. Now, if that wasn't all bad, one, two, three, God seems to put a cherry on top of all of those dilemmas because God gave Habakkuk the prophecy that not only were the Chaldeans going to come into the land and attack him, but God was given the prophecy to Habakkuk that the invaders, the Chaldeans, were going to be successful at this battle. Look at the latter part of verse 6. To possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. Now you got to look at verse 5 very closely to get a spiritual truth here. God said, and I will work in your days. Now, look at this. Which ye will not believe, though I told you. So God is in part saying this, Habakkuk, I know you're begging, and I know you're questioning, and I know you're distraught, and I know you're despondent. And God is saying this, Yes, it is bad. And you're going to feel like Job because it's going to be one thing after another. And Habakkuk, I need to tell you this, that it's going to get worse, much worse than what you believe it to be now. However, Habakkuk, don't fret, don't panic. He said, I've got good news for you in spite of it all, but you won't believe it. You won't believe what I'm getting ready to tell you. And let me remind you of a glorious truth. As believers in this world of mess, and it's just as true today as it was back then, you and I as believers, we do not live by explanations. We live by faith. We may go through some things in this life, that God may never explain to us on this side of heaven. There's a great song that says, we'll understand it better in the by and by. There's another song that says, we'll talk it over. When we get to heaven, God may explain it to us. But let me assure you, Those kind of things, these kind of problems that we go through in life, when we cross the bounds of life and death, they will not be given, I don't believe, a fraction of a second when we get over there. We will not be concerned about all the what, ifs, and whys on this side. When we get to heaven, oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. Do you think when we get to heaven, all the questions we had down here are going to matter? We're to live by faith. We may go through things in this life that God will never explain. And the truth of the matter is this. There are some things that we go through in life that if God did take time to explain it, we still wouldn't get it. We still wouldn't understand it. It's sort of like what Paul said in Philippians 4. He said, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, Some things we're just not going to get. Some things we're not going to be able to understand. That's why the just shall live by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In fact, Jesus himself made this clear in John chapter 16, verse number 12. This is what Jesus said about these kind of things. He said, I have yet many things to say unto you, But ye cannot bear them now. Jesus said, even if I were to explain these things to you, you will not get it. You will not understand it. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. God said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, say the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And in Romans 11, verse 33 and 34, all oh, the depth of the richest both of wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor? And so here's the thing. Just because things in this life may not make any sense to us, that does not mean it does not make any sense to God. Habakkuk is not only questioning God in God's rationale with all that's going on, but he's also questioning the character of God. One of the most beautiful attributes that I believe God has is the fact that God is holy. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 16, we're reminded of that because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. And in Habakkuk 1, verse number 13, the word says, Thou art of pure eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore, lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he. So listen carefully. Habakkuk could not understand why God's holiness would allow the wicked Babylonians to overpower his people. Habakkuk just could not get that. And so let me ask you, what do we do as believers when we find ourselves in similar circumstances, when God just doesn't make sense to us, when we're just not getting it? Again, we come back to these three passages in the New Testament and the one in the Old, that just shall live by faith. And keep in mind, our faith is hinged to God's promises. Number two, quickly. Faith does not live by appearances, but by providence. Divine providence. Let me say that divine providence is the governance of God by which he with wisdom, Love and care directs all things in this universe for his sovereign will. Try to remember this, if you will, and apply it to your heart and life today. If you try to live by appearances, then your life is going to be led or lived by what seems to be a roller coaster type of experience with God. Habakkuk 2.1 says this, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. The thing we need to do when the road gets rough and rocky and questionable and uncertain and dark and crazy, stop questioning God about his presence. Are you there, God? Do you not see? Do you not care? Stop questioning God about his presence. Stop asking God, what's wrong with you? And don't you care? And times like that, when things are going on in your life and it just seems to be one disaster after another, as a believer, we need to zip it up. We need to find a quiet place and get along with God. We need to stop whining and complaining and accept the fact that we're going to stop these things and just start listening to him. And when Habakkuk did this, he was able to see the providence of God. Number one, he saw the reliability of Scripture. In verse 2 and 3 of chapter 2, Habakkuk 2, verse 2 and 3, and the Lord answered me. He was questioning all these whys and how comes and it's not fair and don't you care God's stuff. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Write a book, Habakkuk. I want you to pick up your pen and write a book. He said, I want you to make this clear and plain that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now look at this. God didn't say limp with it. He didn't say it, listen, stagger with it. He said, run. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says this, know ye not, they which run in a race, run all. So run that you may obtain. God told Habakkuk to write because there would be future generations which you and I belong who were going to come behind him that would need these great spiritual truths in times of uncertainty. And so the word of God, listen carefully, is just as much needed today in 2021 as it was in the day of Habakkuk. Number two, I want you to see the resource of the saints. In verse number four, chapter two, verse four, behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him again, but the just shall live by faith. So many times, we are bound and determined to only live by what we see in front of us. But the thing about it is, sometimes God doesn't open the veil and let us see the whole thing. God does have a big picture. Sometimes you and I can only see a fraction of it, a portion of it. That's why the just shall live by faith. Faith looks beyond the physical to see the spiritual. It's also faith, a faith that looks beyond the present to see the future. It's faith that looks beyond the temporal to see the eternal. And I want you to see now the retribution of the sinner. You see, Habakkuk is thinking that God is going to allow the wickedness, the evilness, the sinfulness of the world to get away with what they're doing. He couldn't stand it. It was just like Jonah the prophet. You know, after Jonah had his rebellion period of time with God, he spent his time in the belly of the whale. He had three days of it. Why it took him three days to get it, I don't know. It wouldn't take me. Listen, how long would it take you in the belly of a whale to get it? it? It would take me about as long as it took for the fish to swallow me. And I would come up with this conclusion. I don't want to be here. So what is it, God, you want me to do? I want you to go to Nineveh. Yes, sir. Get me out of here and I will go. And the great fish spit him out. Jonah goes down there to Nineveh, preaches the word of God, and then he steps back and says, okay, now kill him, God. Zap him. He wanted... God to get even with these people. and Habakkuk just couldn't get this. God, why are you allowing it to exist? Well, I want you to see now the retribution of the wicked, the sinner. Habakkuk was saying, God, it just doesn't make sense. Your toleration of all of this mess. He was saying, God, how can you do this? And so God is saying back, hey, I know what I'm doing. If I told you what I was doing, Habakkuk, you couldn't get it. You couldn't understand it. God is saying here, I want to assure you though, son, that what you see happening all around you, the wickedness, the disturbance, the commotion that's going on in the world, God is saying, Habakkuk, please don't fret. The wicked will not go unpunished. He said, there is coming a severe judgment. In chapter 2, verse 6, look at this. I found it interesting in studying this message. Shall not all these take up a parable against him? And taunting Proverb against him and say, Whoa. Now, if you are accustomed to writing your Bible, I want you to underline this little word, Whoa. You're going to be amazed at something here. Habakkuk's freaking out. He is saying, I cannot believe God, who is holy and pure and righteous, is going to allow all of these wicked Babylonians to come into our land and take possession of the land. God is saying, Don't panic, buddy. I've got this woe, God says, to him that increaseth that which is not his, how long? And to him that layeth himself with thick clay. So you're underlining that word woe in your Bible because it's mentioned five times. God illustrates this word woe and he does it in such a way that he wants Habakkuk to get it, I am not going to let the wicked get away. I'm not going to let this disturbance just to go by. I'm not going to excuse it. In verse nine, God says, woe, the second woe to him that covereth an evil, covetousness to his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of evil. In verse 12, God says for the third time, woe to him that buildeth a town with blood and establish a city by iniquity. In verse 15, God says for the fourth time, woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink that putteth the bottle to him and makest him drunken also that thou mayest look on their nakedness. And in verse number 19, God says for the fifth time, woe unto him that saith." to the wood, awake to the dumb stone. Arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver and there's no breath at all in the midst of it. So God is saying this retribution, Habakkuk, is coming. It's coming. A great calamity is on the way. God's not going to let this world get away with rebellion and rejection of his holiness. He's not going to do it. No matter how dark this world seems right now, No matter what happens before us today, let me tell you this, when the trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ rise and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Maybe the Lord will just allow us on the way up to look down on this world And say, (laughs) because his holiness, his holiness will be reverenced. Now I want you to see the reign of the Savior, Habakkuk 2, verse 14 and 20. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge and the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Verse 20, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let the earth keep silence before him. When Habakkuk was wondering, where are you, God? God was saying, Habakkuk, I am right where I have always been. I am in my holy temple. And let me say again, faith doesn't live by explanations, but by the precious promises of God's word. Faith does not live by appearances, but by the divine providence of God. And number three in our musician's Please come forward. Faith does not live by circumstances, but by praise. And so as we're coming to a conclusion to today's message, here's how we give thanks in a dark period of time in uncertain days. Here's how we do it. In chapter three, verses one through three, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet upon Saganoth. Oh Lord, I have heard thy speech. Okay, God, I hear you. And was afraid. O oh Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. God came to Timon, the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens and the earth and was full of praise. So let me ask you, what is, what is usually the first reaction that you have when havoc and commotion and disruption comes into your life, what's the first thing you do? What's the first reaction that you have? Well, the best thing you can do is this. When these disruptive times come, I want to encourage you. This is how we become thankful in dark days. Remember the glory of God. And you can remember the glory of God when you are alone with him and you're being still and you're reflecting on the times that he delivered you in the past, remember the glory of God. Habakkuk was asking for a reason, but what he got was a revelation. And as a believer, listen, we don't need to know all the whys. We just need to remember the who. Amen. Amen. I want you to think about this just for a moment. So learn to reflect on God's glory. Reflect on God's goodness in chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Although the fig trees shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet, he said, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Job said, though he slay me yet, will I love him and serve him and rejoice. And so think real hard just for a moment with me as we bring this message to a conclusion today. What does it really take to make you happy and content? What does it take to make you feel that the stress has a vent valve and the pressures of, come, of life are coming off. What does it take for you to be at peace? If your joy is in anything that can be touched or tampered with, then you will always have unstable joy. We may never know that God is enough until God is all we have. You listen to Pastor Tony Kahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.